DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion. Do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winners, Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. Bowler, good morning. Hey, DJ PK, how are you? Good. I'm doing well. How are you? Well, I'm doing good, PK. You know, every time I hear the Tom Petty song, you know, I don't care if it's on radio or coming into the radio show, I just think of you. I don't know why now, every time I hear a Tom <laughs> Petty song, I think of PK Patrick Kennehan. Because I won't back down. You won't back down. <laughs> Crazy. Tom Petty. In fact, uh, his de- anniversary of his death is coming up. Died October 20th. No, really? October, wow. so he was born October 20th in Gainesville, and he died October 2nd, 2017. Four years. Yep. Bowler, you are in Texas for a couple of exhibition games. We've seen very little of the starters. Seen very little of the subs we've come to know, the guys who come off the second unit and play big minutes. But we've seen a lot of the guys who maybe are the future, maybe are going to get let go. I assume these two games have been used to sort that out. Who might get plugged into the rotation if somebody gets hurt? Who we got to make sure we keep the right guy so we're not on the wrong, the Clippers end of the Joe Ingles uh, career moves? Oh, there's no, no, there's no doubt about that. I think you know, we'll see the, the core group began to you know, give back on the court on Monday night against New Orleans, and of course the Bucks will be the final preseason game on Wednesday night. Yeah, Donovan uh, was on the floor with Mike a bit in San Antonio, but uh, last night in Dallas, it was basically, as you said, uh, a group of young players that are trying to uh, formulate, uh, I think, in the minds of the coaches uh, that they can and should earn a spot on this roster. And there's a couple of guys that, can, that we continue to talk about just because I've been impressed. I think everybody has with Jared Butler, you know, the uh, national champion out of out of Baylor, and you know, Trent Forrest and him are battling uh, for those minutes, uh, uh, the true second unit minutes as a point guard uh, or as a two. But uh, boy, Jared Butler last night was impressive. Uh, I know it's preseason. I know you're playing against some, you know, the, uh, you know, as they call it, the the second and third tier players at times. But Dallas put. You know, Jason Kidd last night, that was their first game. So Dallas put, you know, a pretty heavy group of starters on the floor last night, Luca, Porzingis, and others. And I just thought Jared Butler looked poised, uh, and I was very impressed. I know it's only game two of a preseason, but, yeah, he's got got a little something. They call it it, and uh, I was pretty impressed with it. I'm wondering, as you just mentioned, you mentioned both positions – and basketball has morphed into more of a non-traditional, clear-cut roles. Uh, do you label him as a point guard, or he's just a modern version yeah. and he's a backcourt guy? You know, I think the Jazz, like every team that I talk to, they're always talking more PK, as you mentioned, about positionless basketball. So they just want to plug him in is probably the best way to put it. But, you know, obviously he's got guard skills and – um, you know, whether it's the one or the two, I mean, he's 6'4", uh, but gosh, he just uh, has that, and so does Trent Forrest. Both are kind of gliders. Both are very confident with the ball. 
both uh, do their thing at their own pace. And I, I sense just a ton of confidence. I mean, when we talked to Butler last week, uh, he made that very clear that, look, he's won at every level. It wasn't a cocky conversation. It was just a, a young guy who believes uh, in, in what he can do. And I think you have to have that attitude to be able to make an NBA roster. Um, he's won in high school, he's won in college, and now he'd like to be able to, to win at the, the NBA level as well. Um, I was impressed with him just on our one-on-one conversations last week during the media day. Um, you know, he took every question directly and, and talked about what he learned as a champion in, in the NCAA and the pressures that go with that and now making the transition to the NBA. So you're right. Everyone's been been talking about him. I'm curious if there are other people that have impressed that maybe haven't gotten uh, as much run, but nonetheless have made a positive impression on the coaching staff. Um, I think last night also who stood out, guys, was Elijah Hughes. Um, you know, kind of a lanky, rangy guy that had some outside shooting abilities and rebounding that can run the floor. I thought he stood out too. Uh, in, in play last night. Uh, I don't know much about this other young kid uh, that was on the floor last night, uh, Fitz, uh, but he was able to, uh, I think, make a name for himself a little bit as well. So, you know, there's there's guys, I, I, I just can't imagine, the Jazz just can't keep their, you know, they, people are standing out. Yeah, it was Malik Fitz on a St. Mary's. Yeah, I've seen uh, him play in St. Mary's and I love this game. Yeah, he... He's a guy that we didn't see much of and was a late sign. Uh, they, they, they picked him up not only just a week plus ago, and I, I was impressed with his game too last night. So, you know, I, I think Quinn made it clear too, PK, that, um, you know, they want competition. Competition's good for a team that actually is, is loaded with the core players. But as you guys mentioned coming in, it's about one or two or three players that will help them in the postseason when they face small ball or just strengthen the bench overall. And there's a, there's two or three players that I think are, are you know vying for that. And it's hard it's hard not to not hard is I know it's one game last night for Fitz, but uh, again he's another guy that jumped out. It's funny for me because you look at Quinn Snyder doing his thing. Uh, there's only, been, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's only been one rookie who's made an impact, and obviously it was a major impact in Mitchell. But even right. going back to, they were they weren't really true rookies, I guess you would call, in the sense of coming out of college in your first year in the league in terms of Angles uh, and O'Neal. You know, they right. had been away and been overseas and then came, but it took them a little bit. So I, I get excited when I see a Butler because he does look like he's a player. And Fitz, I watched in high, uh, college play extensively. In person, I've seen him play. Uh, but it doesn't seem like, except for Mitchell, rookies are capable of having a big impact on a team. That, and it's not unusual for Quinn Snyder. I'm not singling him out, but it's more about a team that's built to win now. Right, right. Now, this is why it could be one of the, you know, a terrific pick. Um, you know, there were concerns about Butler's health. That was taken care of with, uh, you know, three different doctors, one from the Jazz, one from Butler's side, and also from the NBA, and was cleared. Other teams, you know, backed away, but was uh, the Jazz took him at 40, kind of rolled the dice, 
and I think maybe they hit. You know, again, we'll wait and see. But I remember very well on draft night, guys, uh, you know, a lot of the you know, so-called experts <clears throat> felt like there were about three to four players uh, that were taken that were actually NBA-ready. I mean, were, who could walk on the floor right now and impact the roster, and Butler's name was mentioned. Uh, so that's, that's quite a compliment, but it's, it's nothing until you get on the floor and back it up. And so far he's taken – he didn't play in the summer league. Uh, working on a contract uh, deal with the Jazz, but uh, so far he's turned heads, and I thought he's played poised, uh, confident, determined. Uh, he doesn't play like a rookie. I know that sounds like an overstatement, but for me, I you see guys who are nervous, even in their second year. But man, he's picked up the system. Just seems like he belongs, and you can tell when a guy feels that way. Craig Bolajak joining us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. You know, as a can rebound. That is abundantly clear. 14 rebounds in 24 minutes is eye-popping. But so much is required now in the air, all these three-point shots and all that. Other parts of the game you think have progressed, other parts of the game that you think he's still got to work at. I mean, there isn't the pressure right now because Whiteside is there to pick up some Gobert minutes, but you never know how a season's going to unfold and when a guy might be needed. What do you think? Right, right. No, all good points, man. It was. Uh, I, I, I think, again, he's behind a little bit because of the ankle injury last year. Almost lost a season, basically, and so he's kind of on a restart. Even though he jumped in late, late uh, in the season, uh, just what five months ago, but I, uh, you know, he's still an intriguing, you know, uh, player with the big body, as you said, in a in a vacuum to rebound. And again, is he going to step outside, hit threes? No. Is he a low block guy? Possibly. Can he face a basket? I've seen it, uh, but it's just again, I think it's interesting talking about two different players. It seemed to be Jared Butler being a rookie, but everything he's been through. I think obviously molds the way that he plays and the way he responds to pressure as a Buki, a little bit different there, still trying to find and understand what Quinn and how you roll. Uh, but he's <laughs> make a great point. He's got the rebounding down. I mean, the body allows him to do that. And he seems like he's in really good position as well. I mean, the numbers prove that, but he seems comfortable in that regard. Still want to see more of his offensive game, which um, still hasn't still hasn't popped out yet. You've been around Mitchell a little bit. Two years ago, we're done with the first round. He said it so adamantly, and they were mm-hmm. they were done with the first round. Uh, have you been able to gather any mood of him now? You know, we had a long talk with him at shoot around yesterday. Uh, you know, that guy is amazing. I mean, he handles himself way beyond. I know this is another one that gets overused, but again, Donovan's in that special group of beyond his years. Uh, he always has been. Um, you know, he's thrust into a situation his rookie year, and, and that's where you get tested tested quickly. And um, he, he continues to, I think, what, I, what I'm impressed with is how the way he discusses his, his, his approach to the game, that a good player, a great player, has to change things up and has to work on different elements each and every off season, and you know, this year he, he was working on, you know, knocking three down, you know, off the dribble. He's you know done the catch and shoot. Now he wants to be able to, you know, on a dribble pull back three. Uh, obviously, he wants to stay healthy. Trying to work on his speed. Uh, the guy just 
you know, loves the game of basketball, studies it, but also is so hungry that he's not satisfied. And that's where you start to get the elite player. Uh, you know, look, Kobe was never satisfied. Michael Jordan was never satisfied. Dwayne Wade was never satisfied. They always pushed themselves and always worked on a different part of their game. He made a lot of talk about that at shoot around yesterday and what he was, you know, working on in a very short off season. But, um, you know, hopefully the ankle's good. He says he's 100%. And we just saw him a little bit. I mean, the whole team struggled with the three. They haven't hit many threes at all in this preseason. But uh, they're just working on different aspects. And I'm excited to see Monday and Wednesday as I think Quinn starts to put this group together and turn the corner to to, to get ready for the pre uh, get ready for the regular season. So the uh, general managers were surveyed anonymously. And uh-huh. they picked the Lakers to come out of the West, the Nets to win the title. The Nets, Lakers, and Bucks were the only teams that got votes to win the title. None of the other 27 did. The Jazz were picked second in the West behind the Lakers, and I'm curious if there was any acknowledgement or talk about that at all or what the uh, reaction was or it just yeah, it was just another thing. It just floated away and nobody really talked about it. Yeah, not a whisper. Not a whisper, DJ. You know, that's kind of typical. I don't know if they really want to hear that behind closed doors. Maybe a, a you know at the locker they they say something. Uh, I think they were excited. I, mean, I heard more buzz just the fact that the Jazz are the number one fan base in the NBA by GMs, right? I mean that was kind of exciting as well. And I hope Jazz fans appreciate what others think of them when it comes to noise and the way that they you know support a uh, a team. And it was well well noted too. I mean. Jazz fan base number one, pretty pretty impressive. I don't know about those picks though. I'm not sure how the Lakers hold together. PK, come on, I'm not sure how Westbrook and but ten games in, AD is going to put up with that or never touch the ball. LeBron, health, age, and then what about Kyrie and Brooklyn? I mean, he can, he can miss 41 games. I mean, it's coming down to the, coming down to that where he won't be able to play on his home floor uh, because of his. Um, refusal to take uh, the COVID vaccination. So, man, there's a lot of stories that have already kind of popped before really the season's even even started yet. But those are all things to watch because it's going to play a factor. Well, how about the philosophy of chasing the best record in the West, at least, because that's all they can do, and maybe in the NBA if that's what it ends up being. What do you think the Jazz are going to do as far as that? How much are they going to be all in for that? You know, you broke up at the the front end, all in on... The best record, regular season record. I'm wondering what's going to be their desire, you know, because it doesn't... Not that it doesn't mean anything, it just doesn't guarantee anything. It's very true. You know, a lot of teams, and I think as you get... We've seen a lot of older... You know, players get older and age, they they rest, they focus only on the the postseason. I asked Clarkson that last week on Media Day, and you know, he was, gosh, man, he was so pri- proudful, pride uh, of the pride that the Jazz had in having and owning uh, the best record in the NBA. And he said, you know what? A lot of people say, ah, it doesn't matter because it does to me. Because what it does is it prepares you for the postseason. And, you know, just different players have a different perspective. But for Clarkson, you know, he was very, he was very excited that the Jazz owned it. He said, you know, you can't live in what-ifs, but they knew they were good. 
uh, and obviously disappointed when the injuries popped and hit both Donovan and Michael, you know, Mike Conley. But uh, he's that type of guy who says, look, we can't look back. But he thought it was a good thing to prepare them for postseason play. I think if you ask the question to another player, they would say, well, it was a good thing. Uh, it was, it, you know, put us in a good position. But at the same time, did it wear them out? I don't know if those injuries were, you know, related to a 52-win season. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, you watch these guys on a daily basis. They take care of themselves. I mean, that's what part of this game is about is the body uh, and knowing and a little rest here and there. But, uh, you know, I thought last year was exciting. And it showed how dominant the Jazz can be. But also it showed their vulnerabilities. And that's what the Jazz tried to plug in and fix in the offseason. Bowler, as always, we appreciate a little bit of time. We will talk to you again next week. A couple more preseason games coming up. And then it'll be the real deal. All right, guys. Thanks. PK, Tom Petty, Rob. All right. Yeah, yeah. I need to know. I need to know. I need to know. Awesome. Petty. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks, Bowler. Coming up next, Lincoln Kennedy, Raider radio analyst, Pac 12 network analyst. We will talk college and NFL football with him next. Stay with us.